Happy Sabbath. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's bow down our heads and speak to our Father. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for one more Sabbath. And thank you because you create this day to remind us of who you are and what you have done for us. Thank you because you have the chance of being here together as a family worship in your name. May this message bring hope to our heart, the hope that we can only find in the name of Jesus. Be with us and fill, fill our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. As James said, my name is Gabriel. I'm one of the interns for Light Bears. And I was in last year's Arise class. And I would like to tell you a little bit about myself so you know who you're listening to, you know. I want to get some credibility. So I'm 20 years old. And as you may have noticed, I have an accent because I'm not, I'm not American. I'm from Brazil. I came all the way uh, down there. And I would also like to go a little further and show you my family. Because I think when you know someone's family, you feel a little bit more intimate, don't you? Just give that, that bone. So we're going to see uh, in the next slide some pictures of my family. This is my mother, Sally, and this is my sister, Pollyanna. And that are my father, Manuel, and that is my brother, Aguinaldo. I am the youngest of all of them. And yeah, you can stay there. Uh, that's not my family, by the way. <laughs> um, and family is such a blessing in our lives. We are made to be relational. And I love how God made that clear since the earliest of our lives. God could make other systems to bring us into life. But he decided that we would come into our family. Because we are made to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We are made to be relational. We are not made to live alone. I would like also to tell you a little story about these four guys to show how family is important and who we become. Those four guys are two, pa two pairs of twins from Colombia. Their names are Wilber and William Belasco and George and Carlos Castro. When they were born, a nurse made an error and she changed the pair of twins. And no one noticed. And the, fathers, the parents thought that they were no identical twins. So they live all their lives thinking that they were no, no identical twins. And that continued for 24 years. When two young ladies decided to do a barbecue. And they wanted to buy meat. And so they went into a grocery store. And when they get there... Laura, one of the girls, see her cousin. And her cousin, William, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> if William is this or this one because they are too similar. But William is in the butcher counter. And when she sees William, she's like, oh, that's my cousin. And her friend, Jonath, say, yeah, I know him. His name is George. He's an engineer and he works with me. And she was like, What? And then Jonas starts waving and smiling to him, and he doesn't answer. And when she gets closer, she says, hello, how are you? And he's like, have we met yet? And she's like, we work together. <laughs> and he was all awkward, like, you made a, a mistake. At first, Jonas thought that he was embarrassed because she caught him lightning to make some extra money. And then she goes back on Monday to her work, and she's like, hey, I saw a guy that was exactly like you selling meat. 
are you having some financial problems? And he was like, no, show me this guy. And she showed a picture of the guy who was uh, wearing a jersey of Colombia. And he was like, oh, that's me. That's me, probably one of the Colombia games. And she was like, no, that's William. Fast forwarding a little bit, she makes the four guys get together. And for the first time in their lives, they see each other. And they say it was like seeing themselves in a mirror. And it was extremely it's scary. They start seeing how similar they were to each other. And they start thinking, how could they have lived so long far away from each other? So they start seeing the similarities. And they were like, we have really different lives. Those two guys, they were raised in a farm. And the closest school was five hours walking. So they never went to school. Uh, I mean, those two guys and those two. And those two guys went to university because they were in the big city and their family had um, conditions to send them to university. So they were really different when it comes to education and life background. And they were like, hmm, do you think there are any similarities between the four of us? And they start seeing the most simple things like Carlos and Wilber, they had the exactly same laugh. They were scared at how similar the way they laughed were. And they never saw each other. William and Valber, they walked the same way with a little row in the leg and with the feet spread from each other. And something that was even more interesting was that Carlos, when he speak, he would change the R's to D's. And Wilber had the exactly same problem when he was a kid. But he did speech therapy. So he overcame that. A lot of the things that we get of who we are, we get from our biology. It is given from the family ties and the blood ties that we have to our family. But as we know, not everything is biological. There are a lot of things that come from the way we are raised. And as time went by, they start to see the difference. I think to me the most shocking difference was that these two pair of guys, George and William, they were very similar in many stuff. They were both really into traveling and they were really big dreamers. But there is a really big difference between them. George, the one who lived in the city and who went to school and became an engineer, he always says that if you give your best, life will give it back to you. His twin, William, who fought to go to school, who tried to get education and were never able, says that life is not easy. And to me, it was just shocking to see how the way we are raised influence and who we become. So far, we can see that family is a really big deal. It really impacts who we become, and we all know that. So when I got here in the beginning of the year, for the internship, I decided to restart reading the Bible. And I was like, uh, what am I going to read? And I said, okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. So I'm going to read Genesis. And Genesis is so interesting. You have all these beginnings, all these beautiful stories as the love of God is revealed in the way he creates humanity. But then I got to chapter 5. And Genesis chapter 5 is a genealogy. Genealogy is the story of someone's family. 
And if you have been Christian long enough, uh, maybe you have come to this realization that I always had. I always thought that genealogies are boring. I was like, it's just a list of names of people. You cannot really have anything from genealogies. And when I saw Genesis 5, I was like, I'm going to speed read through it and not really going to pay attention. But this genealogy had something special. It is the first family of the earth. It's the story of the first family that God created. So if you have your Bible, please turn to Genesis 5. And let's read again verses 1 to 3. And it says, This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. I'm on Genesis verse 1. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created man male and female, and blessed them, and called them mankind. In the day they were created, and Adam lived 130 years. And he begot a son in his own likeness after his image, and named him Seth. In verse 1, God is telling us shortly the story of humanity, the story of creation. He's telling, I created man and, and woman in my image, and it was a blessing to them. He's saying, where does Adam come from? He say, Adam comes from me. I'm his origin. I'm his family. But God is also preparing us in verse 1 for what he's going to tell us in verse 3. And verse 3 really got my attention because it says, Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image. That is a rupture in the story. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were in the image of God. But now the author makes sure that he mentions that Seth was not anymore in the image of God. He was in the image of Adam. Adam not only passed the biological traits to Seth. He not only made him a human being with a body, with blood ties. Adam gave to Seth... To Seth the sinfulness that was running in his story. Adam made Seth like him, selfish. At that point, we are not other-centered as God created us. At that point, we are selfish. And that has not changed a lot. In Psalm 51, verse 5, David, the man after God's own heart, says something really interesting. Let's go to Psalm 51, verse 5. And here David says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I don't know if you had one of these moments that David is having here. I've had, and you probably had. Have you ever had a moment where you notice how selfish you are? Have you ever had a moment when you hurt someone you love and you notice how selfish that were? Have you ever noticed that as human beings, 
most of the time you are only thinking how to get the best out of situations, and many times that means getting the best out of people. David was having one of those moments where he was realizing how selfish and sinful his nature was. We all know that, and it's just an interesting realization when it comes to notice that we are like that. But thankfully, the history does not keep like that. Let's go back to Genesis and see how the, how the story of Adam's family finished. How does it continue? Are you guys tracking with me? Are you being able to understand me fine? So when you go back to Genesis 5, something pretty interesting uh, comes to light. Let's read verses 4 to 11. And it says, After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. In the next slide, I don't know if you have noticed that, but we have a cycle going on in Adam's family. Seems like this verse was written in a poetic structure. It tells that someone was born, they have kids, they live more, and they die. And the story just keeps repeating. I remember that when I was in elementary school, my science teacher, Marilyn, she was a very serious woman, she told us, I'm going to explain how life works to you. And she said something that seems like they took out of this chapter. She said, life is like that. You are born, you grow up, you reproduce, and you die. And there is nothing more to that. How sad is to realize that there are many people living like that. How sad is to realize that a lot of people come here to this earth and they think that life is only that. That life is only coming here, living, going through struggles, a little bit of happiness here and there, maybe in having kids and dying. A lot of people seem to be caught up in this, caught up in this cycle of life. Seems like they are not living, they are just existing, they are just being carried out through life. And it sometimes is not even different to ourselves. Have you ever got into a time of your life that you just felt you were like in a, lo a loop? Where you're just sinning and sinning and sinning and you maybe couldn't see light coming through you? And at those times seems like this is all that life is. There is nothing really more than that. The chapter continues, and we are not going to read it all. But the cycle keeps going on. And it goes through Adam, Seth, Inosh, Kenan, Mahalalel. Yeah, that's, that's it. Jared. And they all go through this process. They are born, they have kids, they live more, and they die. 
until there is a rupture in the story, until we get into Enoch. So let's jump ahead and read and read verse 21 through 24. And it says, Genesis 5:21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not because for God took him. Something changed here from the previous account. The author makes sure to mention to us that Enoch walked faithfully with God. What does it mean to walk with God? I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but all the other verses say that they lived. They lived. But Enoch, he walked with God. Is there a difference between living and walking with God? Enoch went into a different direction than his family. And then I just got wondering, how did he do that? How did he change the cycle? How did he break it? We had so many generations coming even from Adam, the one who saw God. And they were all caught up in this cycle of living and not walking with God. And I was like, how did he do that? How does someone break the cycle? There is a note saying, well, no, that says... An apple does not fall far from the tree. Enoch fell far from the tree. How did he do that? As human beings, it's hard for us sometimes to believe in change. Sometimes when we see a family history and we see a kid, we're just like, ah, he's probably going to just go in the same direction. And I'm not saying that biology doesn't impact in who we are. And I'm not saying that the way we are raised impact who we become. Because many times we judge people for their choices. But, we, but if we were in the same condition, we would have chose the same. So I'm not trying to give excuse to judge, to judge other people's choice. But I'm, I was just trying to think that the fact is that Enoch broke the cycle. So if he broke the cycle, would that be possible to other people to also, broke the, to also break the cycle? And I don't want you guys to get me wrong. Uh, the next two slides that were going to pass. Uh, yeah. Here, I don't know if you can see very clearly. I'm not picking on family. I don't have anything against family. Uh, the contrary. Family is such a blessing, as I said from the beginning. And it's interesting to think that from the same Latin root that the word family comes here, also come the word familiar, that means well-known or habitual. So to me, the interesting thing was not only that Enoch break the family cycle, but it was interesting to me that he broke the cycle of his habits, of people's habits. Because many times... We come from a family that can be well-structured, that can be walking with God and not only living. But we got caught up in our habits. We got caught up in the habits that maybe we learned from our friends. 
And let's be honest, it's not really hard to get used to sin. It seems like it's second nature to us. We just do it. So Enoch broke the cycle not only of his family, but he broke the cycle of the habits. And I was really wondering, how did Enoch do that? And I went searching the Bible, and the answer for that is in the book of Hebrews. And it's on the chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11 verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Enoch went in a different direction, because Enoch did not walk neither by nature nor by nurture. Enoch lived by faith. And we may be caught up in nature or nurture. But that is only a way out to come out of that cycle. And it's faith. And how did he do that? Uh, What does it mean that by faith he came out of the cycle? Faith in what? Going a little back to the book of Genesis... Um, chapter 3, verse 15, there is a promise, and it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Before Enoch came to existence, before Enoch came into a family, God had a plan. God would send Jesus, and Jesus would set a new path where Anyone could live by faith. Jesus would set a path where you could live differently from your family. Jesus would set a path where you could leave your habits behind and decide to live by faith with Him. Unfortunately, many didn't didn't accept Jesus by faith. Many people just decide to walk in their family path. Many people just decide to live in their cycles that life seems to bring to them. But Enoch went in a different direction, and if it's possible to him to overcome, it is possible to us to walk in a different way we are used to. It is possible to leave behind the habits we have cultivated. Ellen White in Councils for the Church, uh, we're going to get that quote um, up here so you can read with me, say something really interesting. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one more. And she says, Christ came into the world to save it, to connect fallen men with the infinite God. Christ's followers are to be channels of light, maintaining communion with God. They are to transmit to those in darkness and error the choice blessings which they receive of heaven. Enoch did not become polluted with the iniquities existing in his day. And why need we in our day? God wants to walk with us 
just as he did with Enoch. Jesus says in John 10.10, I came to give you life and life abundantly. He already made the way because he is the way. And we just have to accept and live in that way by faith. Do you have a habit that maybe is impairing you from getting closer to God? Do you have any problem, any habit that may be damaging your relationships right now? Do you get short-tempered with your wife and kids? Do you have an addiction, maybe alcohol or pornography, that you are just avoiding to address? Do you neglect spending time with your kids because of your work? Are you the kind of person who is really fast to beat yourself up and never forgive yourself? Maybe someone told you that you'd never amount to anything and you have just been holding on into that thought and hasn't that let go. There is a story of a woman in the Bible who are caught up in a lot of bad habits, to say least. Her name was Mary Magdalene. She was a prostitute. And she probably had a lot of other bad habits that may come with that. She was caught up in a cycle. She was looking maybe into relationships, something that would fulfill her. We all have been in some way like Mary Magdalene. We all in some way have been caught up into habits that are hard to give up. At some point of our lives, all of us have looked for fulfillment in some, something else than Jesus. And it may, may be the case for you right now. Maybe you have something now that is impairing you from having a deeper relationship with God. And I don't know what's that. But you know what's that. And the Holy Spirit shows us what that is. Because He shows me what are the habits that I need to, to let go and to lay at the feet of Jesus. You may think that there is no way out. That you have been living like that for too long. Or maybe that's the only way you know how to live. But the Bible gives us some really good scriptures that tell us otherwise. Second Corinthians 12.9 say, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You may have failed over and over and over again, but being weak qualifies you to be helped by God. Because in our weakness, His strength is made Perfect. There is another verse, and I want to finish with that one. It's on Philippians 2:13, and it says, "For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him." Many times in life, it seems like we don't don't even have the desire to change. We don't have the motivation. We don't have the strength. We don't have the desire. We we don't know what to do. And I love this verse because this verse says that when we decide to leave nature and nurture behind and when we decide to live by faith, He 
gives us the desire and the power. It's not like we have to work, to want, to do. We have to accept what Jesus already did for us. And when we do so, he gives us the desire and the power. May in this Sabbath, God keep working in you and reminding you that he already did what it takes to have a different life than you may have had been. May God remind you that you just need like Enoch to accept by faith that he loves you and he will do whatever it takes to bring you close to him.